Let's go, Big Daddy. Looking good, Billy Ray. Feeling good, Lewis. Woke up this morning. It's sunny. Gotta check on my stocks. Gotta make me some money. I went into my app that's sitting on my phone. Got a lot of time because I'm stuck here at home. Buy, sell. What the hell? Cause come four o'clock, I'm going to hear the bell. Gotta make me some paper so I can feel good. Big Daddy Stock Tips from the hood. I got the money. I got it. I got those pesos. Me too. I got those pesos right here. IPOs, dividends, and options. Get rid of that stock, man. It's flopping. Roll over Roth, 401k. Get ready to invest. Make some money today. Trade, close. Make a deal. What stock looks good? Let's spin the wheel. More money, more money, more money. Let's get this going. This is going to be good. Yeah. Big Daddy Stock Tips from the Hood. Show me the money. Big Daddy Stock Tips from the Hood. Big Daddy Stock Tips from the Hood. I'ma just keep getting paid. Big Daddy Stock Tips from the Hood. Here we go. I'ma just keep getting paid. Looking good, Billy Ray. Feeling good, Lewis. Show me the money. More money, more money, more money. Get those pokers back in here. Turn those machines back on. Turn those machines back on. <laughs> oh, still one of my favorite movies of all time. Welcome back to the BST. Now, of course, trading places. Uh, Big Daddy Marty Allen, your host. Welcome back to the show. Got so much going on. Hold on, let me give a taste, a little sip of my uh, Goldberry Roasting Company coffee. Hold on. There's nothing like Brazil. I, I and I've tried a lot of flavors from Goldberry Roasting Company, but for me. There is nothing like Brazil. It's mild. It's that kind of coffee that if when you just need it, because I, when I played pickleball this morning, I was awesome, by the way. I'm getting better and better and better because I got a lot of coaches. I got Coach Rick the Ruler, Rick Maruniak, uh, who wrote the book, God Doesn't Need a Badge. Uh, I got Coach Carlo. I got Coach, uh, Coach Bill who is fantastic. He's like 79 years old, but he's like a former tennis pro, and he's just fantastic. And it's so funny because when you screw up, he just looks at you. He gives you that look that I think uh, uh, Mike Ditka, I think is a good, is a good uh, way to talk about it. Mike, the way Mike Ditka would just look at you, and you know he's pissed. <laughs> so, so when you screw up, you know, and that's what that's what I love about Coach Bill. None of us uh, complain because he stays on us, man. When you're not in the place you're supposed to be, he's on you. If you're not uh, if you're not hitting the shots you're supposed to hit, he's on you. And then sometimes he just gets so disgusted at you, he just turns and looks at you, and he don't have to say a word. You know, you screwed up. Anyway, I love that. All right, so much news to talk about. 
so much financial news to talk about. We got Bart Slack coming up at the half hour uh, to talk about uh, uh, regular taxes and capital gains. I got some questions because I'm trying to purchase my uh, home, my condo here at Big Daddy Production Studios. And I got some questions about that. We'll ask him about that. We'll ask him about ETFs. Uh, I found a I, I found a workaround around ETFs. I want to ask him about that as well. And of course, at twelve fifty, after our stock market update, we have Jeff Tancheck, who is a meteorologist over at Nineteen Action News, but he's also an avid futures trader in the stock market. And you know, a few about, I don't know about a month ago, he gave he and Bart Slack gave us a uh, crash course lesson on ETFs. Well, now he's going to give us a crash course introduction into futures trading, which is his first love right now. He used to do ETFs. And uh, now he's doing futures trading, so we'll do that with him as well, uh, all coming up on the BST. All right, let me, I have to address something. You guys, please indulge me for about five minutes, and then I promise I won't bring it up anymore. Uh, because uh, I just keep getting bombarded with people. Uh, it's been a while now since we've done the GLC, and I keep getting uh, private messages on uh, Messenger, also text but mostly private messages on, on Messenger. What happened to the BST? What happened, uh, BST? What happened to the GLC? And that was, of course, Galetti's last call. So, so I'm going to explain that to you and, of course, uh, why I stopped doing the Marty Allen Show. This essentially is the Marty Allen Show. I'm just doing a financial stock tip show because there's no controversy. And I'll explain that to you in a minute why I made the decision. First of all, with the GLC, for everybody who's been asking, this way I can address it now to everybody It'll be posted after the show. You can be watching it live now or you can watch it live later. Uh, live later. Watch the uh, podcast later and then you'll get the reason why. Real quick. Uh, what happened with the GLC is if you remember back when um, Drew Brees said it came out, he got he got bombarded because he said the way he was raised that he would stand up for the flag uh, and stand up for the, uh, the singing of the national anthem. And uh, it bothered a lot of people in sports, including LeBron and everybody else. And then he came out and had to apologize. And I said, my God, what, what have we come to in the age of broadcasting where you have to apologize for saying that you believe in standing for the singing of the national anthem? That was number one. And then a few days later, Baker Mayfield came out, remember the first time, and he said, I am now going to kneel for the national anthem. And I said, oh, God, that's going to be ugly. Those fans on home games going to be out uh, tailgating at 6 a.m. in the morning. So by the time noon comes around 12.30, 12.55, they're looped. And they're, they're three sheets to the wind. And all of a sudden, the national anthem starts, and they see Baker Mayfield kneeling. That's not going to be pretty. But then, of course, he came out afterwards and said he would stand. But I'm saying at the time, I saw that. Now, we had uh, Chuck Galetti, who is a staunch liberal. We had Bill Bender, who is a, uh, now a turned Republican. Uh, Bill Bender used to be a liberal. He turned Republican. And then you had uh, Chuck Boone, a man, Chuck Boone, who's, who's as talented as ever, but Chuck don't have no filter. He don't give a rat's ass. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and, and, and Chuck Galetti, who's my best friend in the world, my brother, love him for forever, to the day I die, said to me, looked at me one time, and he said, Marty, I can't believe you're doing these topics. When the Black Lives Matter and everything, he said, I can't believe you're doing these topics, man. You're going to blow your job. And it hit me. Because if you remember, I've been the producer for way back in the day, 38 years now. Merle Paulus, Joel Rose. I was their technical producer. I played the drops and things like that. And David Slutsky was the executive producer. And then I forget before him, I forget the black guy's name. He's going to kill me. 
but he was before David. David was his assistant, then Dave Slutsky took over. But anyway, even back in the day, then, of course, I started producing uh, uh, Mike Trivasano, and Mike Trivasano was on the edge, okay? he was, There was no filter with Triv, and so we did a lot of crazy stuff. Well, now, ever since the day came where the, the infamous uh, Janet Jackson uh, showing the boob with Justin Timberlake at the Super Bowl and everything changed in broadcasting, all of a sudden we, we couldn't play uh, uh, Ida Rose, baseball terms. We couldn't say anything wrong. All the stuff we used to do, we couldn't do anymore. And it hit me when Chuck and Letty said that to me, and I said, you know what, you're right. Because I was going to turn 60. And I have the most premier job in the business with the Cavaliers. I'm still pinching myself. And it's been 10 years now that I've been with the Cavaliers. And I do voice work for the Cavaliers. I do the billboard voice for the Cavaliers uh, uh, for the radio broadcast. And so I have a very prominent position with the Cavaliers. And it's one of those types of jobs that you can retire to. As long as you don't screw it up. But the bottom line is I saw the way everything was going and I saw my man Chuck Aletti. I saw the look on his face. He was at that point in his life. He didn't want to do controversy anymore. He said he wanted to talk about sports. He wanted to talk about other things, but he didn't want to touch uh, politics because it's the most polarizing thing right now. What's going on with, with, with Donald Trump and Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell and Steve Mnuchin and all this kind of stuff with the stimulus package that has not been signed yet. I got strong opinions on that. But I got one Marty on this show that said, come on, tell what you think, Big Daddy, come to have some balls. And then I have this one over here saying, Marty, you work for the Cavaliers. It's a great gig. You can retire at this gig. And by the way, Marty, you're 60 years old. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just stay the course. And so I don't. I don't say anything about any of that. I just report on what's going on with the stimulus package. Right now, there's nothing going on. They're still back and forth. The 2.2 from Pelosi and 1.9 now for the government, uh, for the Trump administration, and they still haven't come to an, uh, an agreement. That was one number one. I mentioned Black Lives Matter. That's something you just don't touch. Not in this, today's age of broadcasting. You just don't touch. And the third one is coronavirus. There's all, all Everybody have their reasons and their... Uh, the conspiracies on how it happened and when it's going to end and who was the father. And I can't do that anymore. I can't because I'm 60. And so I saw Chuck, he just wanted to love. He just wanted to go set himself out to broadcasting pasture. And I could see it in his face. He just, he just didn't have it anymore. He didn't want to argue anymore. So therefore, that's why I disbanded the GLC. Okay. And of course, because on the Marty Allen show, same reason. I, I, if you know me, I got strong opinions about topics. Everything, anything you ask me about, I got a strong opinion about. But that'll get me in trouble. That'll get me fired. And I don't want to be fired. So therefore, I had to find something because I still have the love for radio. But I could not take on controversial topics anymore. And because I want to protect my job. I love my job. And I'm trying to buy my condo. And I can't screw this up. So therefore, that's why I had to find something that was a passion of mine that I could still do radio because I still love radio after 38 years, but nothing that would be controversial. And that's where I came up. And of course, all the credit goes to my main man, my wingman down at the Cavaliers uh, Radio Broadcasting Network, uh, 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 Kurt McLaughlin, Dirty Kurt, who came up with the idea for Big Daddy Stock Tips from the Hood. It was something that I was felt passionate about. And when I had lunch with him and Tim Alcorn one time, three months ago, whatever it was, he saw the passion that I spoke about when I talked about stock trading. 
And that all came from it, a heavy stock trading and become a day trader came from me having all this time off with nothing to do. So, therefore, this show is perfect for me. I've had uh, my good friends Chrissy Butcher and uh, Carlita Renee. They still want to do a show, and I got to find something where there's a niche. Uh, we didn't do that. By the way, I know you're probably wondering what happened to that show, the uh, uh, Let's Talk or Let's Chat with Chrissy and Carlita. It just didn't work out logistically because uh, you need somebody, you need a video director, and you need a call screener and all this. And it, it just didn't work out. But anyway, so that's why... I stop, stopped doing the Marty Allen show, but, but technically, this is the Marty Allen show. I just do a financial show. And, and the other reason, like I said, with the GLC, it was just time. Sometimes marriages end. It doesn't mean you're not friends anymore. Chuck Letty and I went out last week to Simon's in Brettsville and had lunch and caught up, had a great time. It's just it was time. It was time to break it up because it was getting a little scary because you had the George Floyd thing happen and all the Black Lives Matter. And then you had this whole thing with the Democrats and the Republicans and this. You don't touch it right now with Trump and Biden. You just don't touch it because half the people hate them and the other part loves them. And so, therefore, it's polarizing. And when you bring it up, even when we play pickleball, we stay away from it because there are guys who love Trump and then there's other guys who hate him. But we all love each other. We all love playing pickleball. So that's the reason why that happened. Okay. Uh, once again, coming up half hour, Bart Slack. Hold on, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm drinking this Goldberry Ro Roasted Company coffee. The, the Brazil was just fantastic. Hold on. Ooh, there's nothing like Brazil. See, when you, Brazil for me is the best. Brazil is when you just, it was cool, it was chilly out this morning, and it's still chilly in the house, but I'm not ready to turn on my heat yet, so I was a little chilly, and then I got me some, I put on a pot of Brazil, Goldberry Roasting Company Coffee Brazil, because it's my favorite, just mild, little sweetness to it, delicious. Now, when you when you got up and go, it's got up and left, that's when you need the Kenya AA in Goldberry Roasting Company, I'll tell you more about that shortly. All right, so anyway, I told you about the, uh, the stimulus package, there's nothing going on, still that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> gonna say to me, why I think it's still going on. Nothing. I love my job with the Cavaliers. <laughs> okay. Listen, but the vice presidential debate last week, I didn't watch because I hate politics. But as I looked at my financial market watch news and everything, CNBC, I saw that. I looked at the uh, uh, my uh, Yahoo. Aftermarket, pre-market uh, ticker that I look at, and I saw the pot stocks on the move, and I'm like, "What's going on?" CGC on today's Wednesday, Monday. CGC went over twenty dollars a share for the first time in God knows how long. They've been wallowing at fourteen something, and, and they might have got up to sixteen, and they went right back. And I'm going, no way. Say it ain't so. CGC. Now, you know, if you've been watching this show, if you're a fan of the show since the beginning, I was talking about CGC. And, but then they burned me. And they burned me bad. But what did I do? I'm a single guy. So I texted CGC and said, hey, looking good. How about a date? <laughs> 
I may want to date you again now, CGC. I've believed in you for forever, but you hurt me. You burned me. I had CGC VD. <laughs> so I said, until they showed me something, I was not going to go back to CGC. Well, guess what? CGC. Tilray. Aurora Cannabis, True Leave, Afira, and the Kronos Group. All of a sudden, pot stocks were on the move. And then I find out that Vice President Show Hopeful on the Democratic side, Kamala Harris, says, if Joe Biden is elected president, he will decriminalize marijuana, cannabis, and expunge the records of those incarcerated because of cannabis offenses. And I said, wow, wow. And that's another one of those topics that is polarizing. There's a lot of people who want to see cannabis legalized all over the country. And she says he will decriminalize it at the federal level. Do you know what that means? That means... Banks now, if he is elected president, banks would now probably at some point be able to do business with the cannabis industry. Right now, you've got to worry about these uh, armored car trucks that takes bundles of cash because the banks are afraid to pee off the government because they're FDIC. Well, now, if it's, if it's decriminalized from the government, from the federal level, that means that opens up everything. That means that uh, CGP companies like CGC and Tilray and Aurora Cannabis, who are just making, you know, $15 a share, $2 a share, whatever it is, they would now, the, the, the cannabis would be flowing everywhere in the, in, the, in the United States, in Canada, where it's huge. That's where CGC is from. That would be huge. So that's probably a good marketing strategy for the Democrats saying that. And anyway, so I, I went ahead, I texted CGC. I said, hey, how you doing, boo? <laughs> I miss you. <laughs> I'm sorry I had to break up with you a while ago, but you weren't showing me. You weren't putting out. <laughs> so now, see what happens when I drink this Goldberry Roasted Company coffee. I'm just oozing, man. I'm just rolling. So now I see the cannabis stocks are on the move. CGC just for a second on Monday hit $20 a share. I know this because I got an alert. And I looked at it since you said price alert, 20 bucks for CGC. I went, what? What's going on? And that's when I researched and found out what Kamala Harris says in the, in the vice presidential debate last week. So I went ahead <laughs> and bought about 30 shares of CGC. Just a check. That's on Monday. And then yesterday they were down like a dollar thirty. And I said, okay, the hell with you about. And I got out just as fast. If you remember, I said I was going to sit on the sidelines until after the election and not do anything. But there are reasons that are coming up why I jump back in. Now I didn't jump back in at the level that I was at before when I was spent a whole ton of money on Tesla. I let it ride on Tesla. I had to be aggressive because I'm trying to pay off this condo. And I won. I won big. 
against Tesla. So it's kind of tough for me to accept making a hundred bucks a day instead of a thousand like I was doing when I hit Tesla and all that Apple back before the split and I was making money, lots of money. But anyway, I, I got done with Tesla and I said, I mean, not Tesla, I got done with CGC. We'll see. There was a little pop there with the pot stocks. IIPR, though, by the way, is the sleeper. I've been telling you guys about IIPR since the beginning of this show. IIPR, they don't, buy, they don't grow pot. They don't sell pot. But they do acquire real estate for companies that do buy pot, uh, grow pot, buy and sell pot. Innovative industrial property resources, and I've been telling you about them since my brother to this day still says, oh, Marty, thank you for telling me about IIPR. If you remember, uh, back when I got IIPR, I bought about 70. They quickly rose to 140, and I sold. And then they came back, and they had been wallowing about 70, 75 for the longest time. But right now, on the last I checked, they were almost back up to that 140. Now, it's taken a year or so since that happened. You know how it is. When new IPOs come out, all of a sudden, they are the darlings. They are the sexy stock, and people want to buy them. And I was one of them. I saw the IIP. I went, ooh, that sounds very interesting. So they don't, they're not the one. It's like a hedge fund. They're not going to lose money because no matter what happens, the companies that want to buy real estate and need bigger factories and, and, and uh, properties in order to grow their pot and sell their pot. Wow. So anyway, IIPR has been doing absolutely fantastic. Let me tell you about Goldberry Roasted Company. Like I said today, I was cold, so I had me so another person. Hold on a second. Mm. People. Brazil, for me, is the perfect coffee. Not too strong, not too weak. Great flavor. After the show, see, usually after the show on Wednesdays at 1 o'clock, I already got my steak because today is my kind of like my cheat day. I got my steak already in the oven. All I got to do at 1 o'clock when I'm done is go in there and turn it on broil. And start my uh, uh, my uh, Delmonico because I like I like you can look at a steak and tell when it's nice and tender, and that's the one I want. I don't want it. I want some. I want some marbling in there. But you come on, everybody know about a good steak. So anyway, I came in. I'm doing the show. I'm prepping, and I said, "Oh, I want me a Goldberry Roasting Company. I gotta have it. I gotta have it." And the first thing I went because I got all these flavors in there. I got Sumatra, and I got uh, Kenya AA, and I got Brazil, and I got Guatemala. And I said, my go-to one, and I love them all, I go to my Brazil. Unbelievably delicious. Goldberry Roasting Company. Go to the website right now, goldberryroasting.com. Goldberryroasting.com. And look at all the different flavors they got. And they're all delicious. And they can deliver to you. They can, If you're in a, a certain uh, mileage of their company, I believe they're in uh, Ashland. 
forget if I forget where they at. They're here, right in town. And they can also ship it to you. Goldberry Roasting Company. I've, I've converted so many people over to Goldberry Roasting Company. They tell me all the time how much they love it. If you go there right now and you make your purchase, 10% off your order. Just enter the coupon code Goldberry Roasting. I'm sorry, Goldberry Roasting. Goldberry BST. Goldberry BST. Goldberry Roasting Company. Oh, my God. Is that some damn good coffee? All right, so NVIDIA... The UK now has said, and you know how I am about NVIDIA, that's my second, that's my second love after, let's say, Tesla and Apple. That NVIDIA is kind of taking on Apple, but of course, Apple's got some news. I'll tell you about that a little bit coming up. Uh, right now, NVIDIA, the UK has, as I've been telling like, the audience, you guys and ladies, I've been telling you how the UK has been, and Beijing and other uh, critics, other people have been trying to block the sale of NVIDIA buying ARM Holdings from SoftBank. Arm, they bought, they paid 40, well, they're going to pay $40 billion. They agreed to pay $40 billion for ARM Holdings. And of course, ARM Holdings, but the problem is a lot of people think that's going to be too much of a monop, monopoly. It would kind of mean like if Amazon and Apple teamed up together or Google and Amazon teaming up together. They feel like it's an unfair monopoly. So the uh, so Arm Holdings, which corporate all global offices headquarters are in the UK, Cambridge. And the UK believes that too many jobs will be lost. So Nvidia came out last week and said, "Well, we we will build the biggest plant in the UK." We'll make it. We'll make the supercomputers. We'll hire all these people. Well, apparently, it's not appeasing the UK enough. They now say that they are close to blocking the sale of Arm Holdings to Nvidia. That is a battle that is still going on. And again, I jump back in, and I got a couple of shares of Nvidia. Remember, and I always have to make this this, this disclaimer to you. I don't ever advise you what stocks to buy, what stocks to sell. I only tell you what stocks looks interesting and attractive and sometimes delicious to me. So I jumped back in and I bought a couple of shares of NVIDIA because I, I, I watch every day. I watch and it's like right now, NVIDIA and Adobe. Adobe is my sleeper. If you look at Adobe and you look at their percentages and, and, and the money, the, the, the gains on Adobe, it's, it's nice. Just a constant little stream of revenue going into Adobe. So like right now, we talked before about having a, uh, having a portfolio. And I said to you, for me, if I started my portfolio today, it would be Tesla for sure. I'd sprinkle some Tesla in there. I'll tell you more about Tesla in a little bit. This, I'm going to tell you in a little while why I love Tesla so much. Tesla would be in there for me. Amazon would be in there for me. I know Amazon costs a lot, and I still expect Amazon to split at some point. I just don't know when. There's just so much to buy a share of Amazon, <laughs> Yeah, about three, I don't know, about $3,400 right now, somewhere in there. 
And I bought a share or two and I made a little money. I made a nice little profit on my investment into a couple of shares of Amazon. But I just needed that money to spread around to other stuff. But when I was in Amazon, I made money. But yeah, Tesla for me, Amazon for me, NVIDIA for me, and Adobe for me. Now I keep going back and forth on Snowflake and Unity Software. Because like all other stocks, when they come out with the initial IPO, it's the sexy stock. You know how it is. If you're, if you're a person that goes to the bar all the time and, you, and you're at the same bar, all the, well, of course, before the pandemic, you're the same, you, you go to the bar like clockwork all the time and you sit there at the bar and you see the same kind of people all the time. And then all of a sudden, here comes this 22-year-old hot little piece of thing. Hot and young and boobs popping out everywhere and booty popping out everywhere. And you go, ooh, who is that? The next thing you know, hey, buy this girl a drink down at the end of the bar. Well, that's how it was for Unity Software and Snowflake. When the when the and, and I just and I told you about IIPR when the when the when the, the initial IPO comes out, they're the sexy stock. They're the new they're the new girl, and everybody buys. And the smart investors buy. As soon as they make the profit, they they have a profit margin that they want to have. And as soon as they reach their profit margin, they sell. They don't care about stock splits. They don't care about anything else other than making a profit. And I'm kind of like that as a day trader myself. I'm still trying to learn to be disciplined and not hold on to a stock too long. I got burned with CGC, Canopy Growth Corp. I got burned in the past, but that was when I was learning. That's the reason I have on Bart Slack coming up in just a couple of minutes. That's the reason I have on Jeff Tancheck, who is now who is a futures trader. And I'm so interested because now I understand ETFs and how they work. All that see, I'm the kind of guy I don't want to read I don't want to read verbatim something that I'm trying to learn about. I like instead going to YouTube and watching someone tell me how something works. And I'm like a dog with a bone. You give me a starting point and then I will run with it after that because I'm interested. If I'm interested in something, I am digging that hole, trying to find that bone that's that's buried down there. That's what I like to do. So anyway, those are the four stocks that I would start with. And like I said, I would, I would sprinkle them in. I'd give them to you again. Tesla, Amazon, Adobe, and NVIDIA. Not necessarily in that order. And then if I want to sprinkle in, if let's say the weed stocks, I'd sprinkle in some IIPR. Because I just think they're, they can't lose. And if, and if this thing happens and the Democrats win the election, well, you better believe my portfolio is going to expand with marijuana stocks. I'd sprinkle in a little bit of Unity software. I'd sprinkle a little bit of Snowflake in there. I'd sprinkle a little bit of Netflix in there. Johnson & Johnson, not so much because, uh, as you'll see coming up in a little bit, I'll tell you why on that. All right, let me go to my hotline where we got our financial analyst, Bart Slack, hanging on. Bart, first question right away, and thanks for always for joining me. Talk to me about... 
I saw this on the show the other day, and it was about capital gains and what show? Your show? Uh, no, what? you're gonna laugh at me when I tell you where I saw it. At. Yeah. Yesterday, eight o'clock on the Oprah Winfrey Network. That's the, for black people. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is uh, there's the haves and the have nots. It's a Tyler Perry show, very very popular. I've been a fan since the beginning, and. The white rich woman is in jail, so she gave her uh, executive power to her black maid to uh, share, take care of her affairs at her state until she gets out of jail. So now the black mm-hmm. woman who's a maid doesn't know a lot about estate planning and, and, and all this stuff, paying the bills and all that. So she called a somebody from her church, and he's black, and he knows about, he was an accountant like yourself, was an accountant, a yeah. career accountant. Yeah. And she wanted to know about some different things. So I said, to, and she wanted to know about capital gains. And I said, oh, as opposed to regular taxes, I said, wow, yeah. this would be fantastic for me to ask Bart about because I'm kind of doing the same thing. So first of all, first question, explain to the audience the difference between regular taxes and capital gain taxes. Um, you know, regular taxes obviously is what the, the law requires uh, you to pay on your income. Yeah. Uh, on your on your uh, earned income uh, uh, and your taxable income is and, and it's got various brackets. Okay, so you make up to if you make up to ten thousand dollars, you pay ten percent. If you make up to forty thousand, you pay twelve percent, and and it goes up gradually. Uh, if you, at, at eighty five thousand, you're going to be starting to pay twenty two percent. Um, et cetera, with a maximum of, uh, if you make over 500000 you make like 30, you pay 35%, 37% in uh, federal income tax. Well, I ain't got to worry about that for a while, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> capital uh, capital gains is is a long-term capital gains. If you hold an investment asset for more than a year and you sell it for more than you paid for it, you pay tax at the capital gains tax rate. Now that rate is lower. Uh, for example, it's zero. Uh, if your income, if your taxable income is up to, uh, I think it's forty thousand dollars, you don't pay any tax on a capital gain. And then if you make more than forty thousand, up to, I think it's four hundred thousand, uh, you pay tax, capital gains tax at fifteen percent. So you get a much lower tax rate on a capital gain than you do on uh, on ordinary income. Uh, and the reason for that is, I mean, the, some of the, uh, the philosophical reasons for that break um, is that, you know, the, the government wants to encourage people to invest. Right. Um, you know, that's, that's an important part of our economy is for people uh, to buy stock, to buy real estate, to, to, in, to invest in, in various uh, uh, functions and activities and assets. It, it helps the economy. So uh, there's always been um, a, a, a – they, they seem to want to, to give an incentive from a tax uh, standpoint um, for investing. Um, and the other reason is, I mean, when you invest, when Marty Allen invests in Tesla, he's using money he's already paid tax on. Yes. You know, you got the money through wages. You got the money through your your business. You've already paid tax on that through income. So here's the money, after-tax money, um, and Marty Allen invested in Tesla, and he makes money on that. 
you know, he, he's investing money that he's already paid tax on. So why tax him again at the same type of, of rates? Give him a break when he's using his money wisely and making uh, money on it. All right. So that's basically, you know, the, 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 the long-term capital gains tax rate is, is generally been less than regular income tax rates. All right. So now a, a quick follow-up question on that. Did I hear you say uh, when you started talking about this that you had to make f- 40000 or more on your uh, as a capital gain in order to be taxed? Otherwise, you don't get taxed on it? Uh Forty thousand. Your your income, your taxable income, has to be more than forty thousand dollars before you'll pay tax on a capital gain. So uh, let's say let's say after all your deductions and everything, uh, Joe Blow makes thirty thousand dollars from his wages, less his mortgage, blah blah. He has thirty thousand dollars in income, and that he sold Tesla stock for a five thousand dollar gain. Uh, which puts his total income at thirty-five thousand. He would not pay tax on that five thousand dollar gain from Tesla stock. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Um, now, the other thing that I've, I remember you telling me about—I believe it was—I might have even been a year ago. Uh, the uh, and Bill Bender—that's who it was. Bill Bender would tell my business partner always told me he said. Marty, if you lose money in the stock market, that's not a bad thing because if you lose money at the end of the year, when you like when Bart Slack, who is my tax preparer, when you go to do my taxes, if I lost money, the total amount of what I invested and what I have and everything, if I lost money in 2020 playing and dabbling in the stock market, I can write that off on my taxes, my losses. You can write the losses against your gains. Okay. If you lose, if you made uh, ten thousand dollars in Tesla stock, but uh, but then you you lost uh, three thousand dollars on Apple, you could take the three thousand dollar loss and subtract it from the ten thousand gain on Tesla and only pay tax on the seven thousand difference. Okay. All right. Talking to financial analyst Bart Slack. So now. Uh, the other thing is, and I think I've asked you this question off the air, so now it's time for me to ask you on the air so the audience can get an education just like I do. I am try- I've been saying I've been trying to pay off my condo. I've taken money out of my individual taxes in my fidelity and paid it to the owner of the home towards the purchase of my condo, and I've also yeah. taken money out of my Roth IRA and gave that money directly to the owner of my condo. And I am also past 59 and a half years old. I'm 60 years old. So if someone wants to do that, is there more of an advantage of taking the money out of my individual taxes and paying it to the homeowner, current homeowner, or is it more advantageous for me to take it out of the Roth IRA and give that money to the one. Which one is going to help well, me better tax-wise? Well, when you, when you say take it out of your individual taxes, you mean individual, individual stocks. investment account. Or yes, whatever. yes, yes. Yeah. I have a Roth and I have an individual. Yeah. I see. So would you take it out of your taxable investments uh, to pay for the house, or would you take it out of your Roth IRA to pay for the house? Yes, but I thought that you, yes, yeah. but I thought you said that. I thought the law said that if you take the money out, Regardless on the individual side or on the Roth side, if you take that money out and you put it towards the purchase of a home, that you don't get taxed on that. Am I am I wrong in that? Uh, you are wrong. 
I am. Son yeah. of a bitch. You're, you're talking about you're talking about uh, when you sell if you sell a house um, and then reinvesting in another house, you you don't pay tax on the gain uh, of the house sale. If you take money out of a taxable investment account to pay for a house, yeah. you're still going to pay tax. You're going to pay tax on the gain that you have in your investment account. Okay. To take that money, to take that money out, there's going to be a tax consequence of some sort. You're going to have a, um, you, you, you know, you you paid uh, five thousand uh, dollars for the mutual fund that you take out. Uh, you take ten thousand dollars out, and you only paid five thousand for that mutual fund to buy your to put ten thousand dollars toward the house. Then the five thousand dollar gain that you had is going to be is going to be taxable. Okay. Um, if you if you took it out of your Roth, it it, it, it wouldn't be taxable, right? But um, the thing is, I mean, it's more of a preference. I I would not mess with a Roth. I the beauty of the Roth is that every every gain that you make as as the account builds up, you don't pay any tax on it. And I and I just have a personal preference. I would let that kind of tax advantaged uh, investment just grow and don't mess with it. I would even, in some cases, I might even bite the tax bullet on an investment account, pay for the house or put it towards the house and let the Roth grow without messing for messing with it until you need it when you're retired. Okay. So now on my Roth side, uh, yeah. I have, I'm in the uh, infidelity. So I'm in the FX AIX, which is Fidelity's version of the S&P 500. And then right. I ha- and then I've bought some individual stocks on the Roth side as well. So now, yeah. here's my question: uh, yeah. Jeff, T- you and Jeff Tanchek both talked to me and and educated me and the audience on ETFs, and I did that. And if you remember on the show last week, I was talking about well, see what happened is me- with me, Bart, is that I got I got spoiled. I was making all this money. I mean, I went balls to the wall with my money on Tesla, and I won. Okay, yeah. so now, yeah. so now, I it was it was it's difficult for me to see when I jumped into a couple of ETFs like the Renaissance Group. Uh, I jumped into and I was getting you know fifty nine cents on the day and, yeah. four, and forty two cents on the day, and I'm like, well, what the hell? I'm sixty. I need to make more money than this. So now I well, took some yeah. money and I put it into the FX AIX, which is the Fidelity's. S and P, and now yeah. I was making at least two, three dollars a share, and I'm up to like thirty-four shares in the FX AIX, and it seems like it would be better for me to to continue to put my money into more FX AIX instead of ETFs. Your thoughts on that? Well, it's you know when you start comparing a mutual fund uh, or an ETF versus an individual stock, you know that's kind of like apples and and oranges, yeah. you, you know, you're not going to make that kind of money uh, that you did and Tesla by buying a, an ETF or uh, a mutual fund. Um, now, the one you said you're in the Fidelity FX NT. I don't even know what, yeah, what the uh, symbol F- was. FX AIX. FX, and that's an S and P 500 mutual. Yes, fund, that's Fidelity. Yeah, that's Fidelity's S and P 500. Okay, so that's that's going to track. The S and P 500. So whatever whatever the S and P 500 does, that mutual fund at Fidelity is going to replicate. So you're going to get basically the same kind of return 
in that mutual fund as, as the S&P 500. So if you're comfortable with that, then that's a great place for your money to be. Yeah. But if you want if you want a bigger high, if you're looking for more, uh, you know, uh, a bigger return on your money, uh, then the S&P, you know, you're going to have to go with some hot individual stocks that you might like, you know. Okay. That's, that, you, you know, you're kind of comparing two different things. Right. It it just seemed like I was it just seemed to me that I was making more when I invested more into that FX AIX the S and P than I was into an ETF. I don't know why. Just I I tried the ETFs and it just didn't. Well, what kind of ETF did you did you buy an ETF that tracks the S and P five hundred? Uh, no, I bought the uh, I bought the Renaissance Group that had Zoom, it had Unity, and then oh, yeah. Snowflake yeah. was coming in as of about a week or two ago. Snowflake was being introduced included into that renaissance group and it was a very popular one so i got in but i just didn't like those returns you know I, i'm tesla was making me a thousand a day and yeah <laughs> you well, know, you know. if you're if, if your benchmark is what some investment is doing on a day-by-day basis you're not going to you know an etf or a mutual fund is going to bore you I mean, yeah it's just gonna it be, did you're not going to get that kind of jack that you would out of a Tesla or or a Zoom or or you know Regeneron or whatever these things are doing on a daily basis. Some of them are crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah mutual. If you're looking every day, then you you know a mutual fund and an ETF is not where you want to put that portion of your money. It is. I mean, for a long term basis, uh, retirement assets. Uh, that that's a good place to be is in an ETF or a mutual fund like the S and P five the one you got at Fidelity you you put it there and you leave it until you until you're ready to retire that's gotcha. that's what I would do with that piece of money now you may want to set up you know have a, a have a different piece of money that says this is Marty Allen's you know uh, getting high uh, piece of money where you want to put it into a Tesla and watch it go up I don't know how many times it you know points in a day or or something else that's going Apple, um, you know. I think, you know, there's a there's a there's a place for money in your Fidelity um, uh, mutual fund that tracks the S and P, and then there's a there's a place for your 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 high risk money. I think there's there's a place for both of those investments in Marty Allen's uh, portfolio. I am I, I I can't tell you how much I appreciate talking to you every week about this because I get excited about it. I got Jeff Tanchek coming up in a couple of minutes after my stock market update, and he's going to finally introduce me and the audience into futures trading because I've been very interested to hear how that works. So well, that, yeah, I'm going to be watching that too. Absolutely. He's coming up. I don't, know, I don't know anything about futures trading. I'm, me neither. I'm curious as to you know, how that works. I, you and I both. So as, as always, my friend, financial analyst Bart Slack, Thank you so much for your information, and we'll talk again next week, okay? Okay, thanks, Mark. All right. Take care. All right, let's get at your stock market update brought to you by God Doesn't Need a Badge. God Doesn't Need a Badge, the book, new book by retired police sergeant Rick Maruniak, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other fine booksellers. Well, the coronavirus, ever since the president came out and said that he had tested positive for coronavirus, Things, all the biotech stocks started moving. Novavax, Moderna, Regeneron, Pfizer slash BioNTech, and CureVac. Okay, ever since the president said he tested positive, all of a sudden the biotech start, uh, stock started to move. 
Did you see that Moderna supposedly got another $2 billion for the government to continue with their uh, vaccine trials? The other thing is, on the negative side, Johnson & Johnson, who I've been telling you about for a long time, they also got money from the government, but they recently stopped their vaccine trials because of an unexplained illness. So that's what's going on with your biotech stocks. The pot stocks, like I told you earlier, are on the move. The Because uh, the vice president, if you didn't uh, join me at the top of the show, the vice president, Kamala Harris, vice presidential hopeful, Kamala Harris says in her debate last week with uh, Pence that if Joe Biden gets elected president, they will decriminalize marijuana on the federal level and also expunge the record of people who have been convicted of marijuana offenses. Now, I don't know how high that's going to go. I mean, I still think if you got the cartel bringing in bales and bales of marijuana, I don't think they're going to let those people out of jail. I'm wondering if they're just talking about on the local level, people that get caught with an ounce of weed or something like that, that they would be uh, allowed to be out of jail because of that. But I don't know about the huge offenses when people get caught with, you know, 82 pounds of weed. I don't think they're going to let them out of jail. But that's what's going on with the pot stock. Ever since then, the pot stocks have been on the move. Uh, for one second on Monday, uh, CGC went back up to 20 a share. For the first time, in, it has to be a year and a half. And uh, be with you in one second. And then uh, that's the other thing that uh, I like about the pot stocks. The interesting and attractive stock of the week is Colonel Bio. Colonel Bio. You heard about Moderna. You heard about BioNTech. You heard about CureVac. And what it refers to, those are mRNA 1.0 companies. Well, this new Colonel Bio is a 2.0 mRNA company, meaning that it's active in that the mRNAs are active in both cancer cells and non-cancer cells as they work in great vaccination. But in other words, Colonel is 2.0 cancer uh, ribosomes. Now, I think I'm pronouncing it right. It's R-I-B-O-S-O-M-E-S, ribosomes, which are little molecular machines that read messages from the mRNA. So the other ones are mRNA 1.0. This one, Colonel Bio, is supposedly a 2.0. The UK government, I mentioned at the top of the show, is edging closer to blocking the sale of the $40 billion deal between NVIDIA and Arm Holdings. They say it poses a risk to jobs and could threaten Arm's global success. And Apple announced its HomePod mini smart speaker for $99. And yesterday morning, they held their virtual event to talk about four new iPhones and launched the company's first ever 5G-enabled phones. And of course, Apple took a little pop once this came out, actually, the, the, the pop came probably by Friday when the news that the thing was that the uh, meeting yesterday, the virtual event was coming up on yesterday. And I jumped in, I believe, Friday or was it Monday? I think Friday I jumped back in, bought a few shares of Apple. It's got a little pop going on right now with that news. All right, let's go back to our hotline where we've got a BST contributor. Jeff Tancheck from 19 Action News, 19 Action News Meteorologist. All right, Jeff, so now I'm ready. I got all excited uh, about a month or so ago, six weeks, when you introduced me and the audience to ETFs. Got a good education uh -huh. on that. Now I got pen and paper ready because I know you've been telling me uh, since we started talking about the show that you are a futures trader. And I want to know a little bit more about futures. So how, how do we get started? What is it? How does it work? 
futures. Yeah, we're going to talk about futures. But first, uh, I want to ask you, uh, Big Daddy, what do you think about the uh, stimulus uh, plan not being uh, approved yet? Oh, no, don't you say don't I, I know, I heard you. <laughs> Don't start. I heard you earlier. I was, I was just stirring, stirring the pot. <laughs> I was about to say, don't you go there. Don't go there. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we're, we're talking futures here. Now, um, you know, the, the first time I was on with you, I kind of talked a, a little bit about it here uh, on the show. And, you know, I told you that, um, you know, I, I was doing stocks. I, I was trading uh, ETFs and things like that. Uh, but I, I, I wanted to, I really got interested in this, in this futures uh, trading. And I went to, uh, I, you know, I actually took a, a, a class on this. Okay. Because it is, it, it can get pretty, uh, pretty complicated. It's a, it's a different asset class altogether. And in many brokerages, um, it, it, it's actually a separate account that you have to set up. Okay. okay. You don't, you don't trade futures in the same, uh, account as you do your stocks. All right, it, it's just it's just totally different how it's set up, uh, how how you do it. Everything is in real time and, and, and things like that. Uh, but I, you know, I, I was trying to think of a way to, you know, how to best explain, you know, simply what what futures trading is and uh, what what it is you know when when you buy a futures contract okay and and it's not a stock it's not like trading stocks it you're you're actually buying or selling a contract and it's it's basically an agreement um where you you are buying this contract or selling a contract uh at a certain price all right now these these futures contracts could be uh, a lot of things. All right, there, there's oil. There's uh, you could buy uh, and sell futures gold. There's you know orange juice. There's uh, you know wheat. Port belly uh, lumber. I'm sorry. Port port pork bellies. Pork belly. Yes, there, there actually is one for pork belly and and uh, you know cow. You know beef. Uh, you know whatever. There are a lot of um, different types of, uh, of futures, you know, silver, natural gas, uh, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, you can also uh, buy a futures, sell a futures contract with the uh, indexes, okay, with the, uh, with the S&P, with the Russell, with the, with the Dow, okay, uh, the NASDAQ. And that's what I actually do. I, I actually do that. I trade those four and gold. All right. That's okay. what I uh, like to do. So basically what a futures contract is, is, you know, you have a price and you buy it. And let's say you buy it and each one of these contracts have an expiration to them. Typically, they go about three months at a time. All right. So uh, right now we are in, in the um, right now we're in the third quarter. Uh, so right now I have a, a futures. Uh, I'm sorry, we're trading into the fourth quarter here. So my futures contracts that I bought um, started in September and they go until December. All right. So there are expiration dates to these futures contracts, but you could trade them at, at any time. You don't have to wait for them to expire. So let's just say I purchase a contract and the S and P will just go with the S and P and it gives you a price. What's the S and P trading at now? Like 3,300 something. Yeah. So I buy a contract all right, and then that 
let's just say the S&P goes up. Well, now the value of my contract has gone up. So I'm making money on that. Okay. And I sell the contract. That's how you make money in futures. You can also, let's just say you're um, betting that the market is going to drop. Okay. You can sell or short. Uh, uh, you can, you, you could buy a sell contract, which means you're shorting the market. Let's just say the S&P falls. So okay. now I'm making money by the contract because I'm, I'm betting or hedging that the market is going to be dropping. It's just a different way to, you know, invest in the market, but you're doing it, you know, with uh, you using using the, the futures instead of you know, buying or shorting an, an ETF. Talking to Jeff Sanchak, meteorologist over at 19 Action News and avid futures trader in the stock market. So when you say you're betting that the market will, uh, that the S&P will be lower or higher, what are the tangibles that make you come up with your decision to say, I think the S&P is going to be lower, and so that's what I'm going to, that's how I'm going to play it. What what are the intangibles that make you come up with the decision on that? Well, you can you can trade you know futures the way you do you know the the regular stock market. I mean you can you can buy uh, let's just say uh, uh, an oil contract or an S and P or you know Nasdaq contract, and then if it goes down, well you can either you, you know you could buy more, and you know let you know if we're in like in a bull market. Uh, which we, you know, kind of are now. Um, if the market drops, you know, they always say, you know, you buy the dips. So, you know, on a day like today where the market is down and the market went down yesterday, you know, maybe, you know, now's the time to, to buy an S&P contract future, uh, futures contract. And then if the market goes up, let's say tomorrow, you are, you know, you can make money. Now, you know, uh, a lot of uh, traders, when they do futures, it's just another way to day trade is basically what it is. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, um, you know, as far as tax taxes go at the end of the year, you don't, you know, at, like, like you do with stocks where you have to, you know, list every single one of your trades when you file your taxes. With futures contracts, you don't have to do that. You can, you can make uh, 100 trades a day by belt, buying, selling, you know, shorting, buying, and at the end of the taxable year, you just get one sheet of paper, and this is how much you made or this is how much you lost, and that's all you have to, you know, give to your accountant, or that's all, you know, that, you know, so, you know, taxable reasons, it's it's a lot easier. I will say this, though, trading futures is, um, <laughs> it can be, it can be something, because things change in a hurry, especially in a very volatile market, and you can lose money in a hurry. So oh. I do not recommend it for a, a beginner. I recommend either taking uh, a class or getting training on it before before you even think about trading futures. You know, I, I was just about to say, when you, before you said I was going to say, Jeff, Daniel, you are deep. I mean, you are deep. I thought ETFs were difficult enough. But then when I, as I'm listening to futures, I go, boy, I, gotta, I have to learn before I get myself involved with that. Last question before we let you go. You keep saying okay. the word contract. So yeah. when when 
when you say is there how do you know what the price of a contract do you do you set the level of what you're buying in the contract or is a contract saying the Cleveland Browns want to give you 5 years at 27 million dollars that's what I'm trying to understand the contract part of it where does that come into play and how how do you know how do you all know what the price of, is of the contract yeah all of these futures contracts uh they um they are traded in, or they, they go through the CME exchange, which is located in Chicago. Okay, there the CME um, is uh, it's, it's it's the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. They're the ones who handle all of the futures uh, contracts. Basically, when uh, the the let's the, the Nasdaq, the S and P, the Dow contracts are basically what the actual Dow. S&P is trading at right now. It could be a little different, um, you know, give or take, but it, it, it's essentially around that number. You know, another thing about futures and then oil, you know, uh, the, the price of oil is, you know, when, when you see the price of oil, when you watch CNBC or whatever, that is the, what you're looking at, that is the oil futures uh, contract number. Okay. When you see the price of gold, when you look it up, that is the, um, you know, that is what the contract cost of, of gold is. Okay. Gotcha. So, you know, let's just say oil is at $40. When you buy a futures contract, boom, uh, it's $40. Now the cost of the contract isn't $40. Okay. It's not like buying shares. Yes. Um, you know, the, the price of a contract varies because they have, they have many contracts that you can buy. You know, it all depends. I don't, I don't even know the cost of what a, a contract is. It, it, it varies based on the volatility of, of the market. Um, but when you buy a contract, okay, that and say the price of oil goes up, boom, you're making money on that on that futures contract. contract. And a lot of people, a lot of people buy and sell contracts, and they get rid of it with less than 15 minutes. Wow, uh, that's how you know. Yeah, so that's that's what you do. Uh, when you day trade and futures goes, it, it's 23 and a half hours a day. Okay. It, it's not nine thirty to four. Um, you know, futures, the futures day starts at six o'clock and it goes until four o'clock uh, in the afternoon, uh, all night. Uh, you know, because it, it, uh, it, it changes based on what the international markets are doing and such, and then so on and so forth. Uh, the next day, the only day that the, Futures contract is off is Saturday and Sunday, and then Sunday at 6 p.m. in the evening, boom, you can start trading futures. Wow. Jeff Tanchek. Just just good <laughs> stuff, man. Just absolutely fantastic good stuff. As always, my friend, I appreciate you being on the show, and we will talk to you again soon. As I'm listening to you, though, I got to do, do my homework on this, man, before I even think about getting involved in futures. But oh, yeah, I listen yeah. to you, and it sounds absolutely fascinating. And before you go, please, I saw the uh, on TV. I saw it, and I haven't seen him in a long time. Please tell my good friend, Ronnie Duncan, I said hello, okay? Oh, okay. You know, Ronnie, yeah. 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 He, he works uh, He works the afternoon and evening. I don't really see him, but if I do uh, run run across him, I definitely will. I do. Jeff Tanchek, uh, futures trader and also meteorologist over at 19 Action News. Thank you so much, my friend. We'll talk again soon. All right, Big Daddy. All right, take care. Whoa! 
what an education I get from Bart Slack, our financial analyst, and, of course, from Jeff Tanchik. My head is just swelling because I get all this data from these two guys, but it's really good data. And I got now the rest of the weekend to do some research on futures, but uh, it's all good right here on the BST. All right, that'll do it for another fine show, Big Daddy Stock Tips from the Hood. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you got your education. If it's too much for you uh, to take in while we're live, podcast is always available. The audio podcast is always available. And, of course, you can listen live with the uh, Rogue Radio Network app um, for both Android and for iPhone. One again, once again, want to promote uh, Gary Lee, Podcasting Dangerous, over on the Savage MMG Network. Gary Lee, my main man, those guys do a lot of good stuff over there. I'm sure he'll be talking about uh, I think they, they they dabble in a lot more sports than I do, obviously, because I'm a financial show. But huge game coming up against the Steelers. I said to myself, after we won the third game, I said, all right, let's see if we can do it again. And then we just won this game against Indy, and Indy was tough. That defense was a tough defense. Well, now we got the Steelers. Enough said. We need this one. All right, see you guys next week on Big Daddy Stock Tips from the Hood, right here on the Rogue Radio Network at Big Daddy Production Studios. Love it. I'm going to just keep getting paid. Looking good, Billy Ray. Feeling good, Lewis. Show me the money. Get those brokers back in here. Turn those machines back on. Turn those machines back on. This has been a Big Sexy Marty Allen production. I'm going to just keep getting paid.